listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's bring in a man who's actually assembled his own big board. It's our good friend Charles Davis of NFL Network. Charles, we were kicking around the possibility of Saquon Barkley going to Cleveland with the number one overall pick, as you know. Running back hasn't gone in that esteemed position since Kajana Carter, coincidentally, coming out of Penn State in 1995, went to Cincinnati. Do you think Barkley is the most talented player in this draft? I do. Hello, guys. Hope you're doing well. I think he is the most talented player in the draft, and it's going to test all the tenets of don't take a running back so high. But in recent years, and I kind of go back to Todd Gurley, I think, you know, starting to take running backs in the top 10 has become okay again. For the longest time, we weren't touching them at all, as you guys well know. But start with Gurley, and that led us to last year with Fournette at four and Christian McCaffrey at eight. Ezekiel Elliott going at four his year with Dallas and transforming the Cowboys. So if you get the right guy and the guy you believe in, I think people feel like it's okay to go back in the water and take a running back that early. I think he is the best player in the draft, but I don't believe he'll go number one to Cleveland because I think they'll take a quarterback first. And I was getting ready to ask that question because we know for sure uh, that they need a quarterback, but we know having a running back can really be nice. Can they sacrifice that, that number one spot to grab a Saquon Barkley and at four grab a QB because we know at the third spot it's the end of his coats. They won't grab a quarterback. So there's three spots where quarterbacks can go one potentially or four and two and still be able to grab the quarterback as well as the running back that they want to have. They, they, that would work out great for them, Cordell, because it actually fits in a lot of ways. If they had guarantees that there would be no deals at two or even a deal at three. And that's where things get a little bit muddy because I believe Dave Gettleman, the GM of, of the Giants, when he says he's open for business, mm-hmm. that you want, you want to come get this, come get it, and I'll drop down and get a few more players because you know the Giants need them. The Colts at three, you know, with their general manager, and as you mentioned a little while ago, it looks like Andrew Luck's going to be back. That doesn't cure everything. But you know the Colts need a lot of players as well. So do you just take sit there and take Bradley Chubb at three, the defensive end that we would expect them to take? Or do you move down and maybe get a couple other ball players in a pretty pretty decent draft? So that's going to be where it gets a little bit muddy, and free agency is going to tell us a few more things before draft day gets here. Where does Kirk Cousins land? Is A.J. McCarron part of this? Heck, does anyone see Case Keenum as a starter? All of those things, so we'll see where the landing points are, and that may change what the board tells us about taking quarterbacks early. But if Cleveland knew no one was touching two and three, heck, if they had two guys on the board that they really liked, you might take Barkley at one and guarantee to get yourself one of the two quarterbacks that you're crazy about because, as you pointed out, Indianapolis is not taking quarterback at three. Talking draft with our great friend Charles Davis of NFL Network and Fox Sports. Charles, what's your evaluation of Sam Darnold? How much are you concerned with the high tally of turnovers at USC? Not just interceptions, he lost a ton of fumbles. Yeah, and that was that's the part that will require some work, but I do believe it's something that can be overcome. I go back to when Marcus Mariota was, I believe, a sophomore at Oregon, and he had double-digit fumbles that year many of them in the pocket became a priority to work on it cut that number down significantly in his last year was the number two pick in the draft continues to work on it i think for darnold 
he's one of those playmaking guys that doesn't like to give up on plays and will continue to try and extend them and make a big one and often gets it done. But it's a priority. It's something I'll have to be work on. Is there concern? Of course there is. But he also is a guy that, as I said before, makes a ton of plays as well, creates as well as, you know, pretty, pretty darn well compared to the other quarterbacks in the draft. I think he's right up there with any of them. So it's one of those things of, do you, you know, the hand size comes in the player's hands big enough? Is it mechanics that he's working with? And what is your, you know, sense of the team that you have with the quarterback coaches and everyone else, the kind of coaching he'll get and will he take the coaching? I think you'll probably check most of the boxes affirmatively with him. Looking at Lamar Jackson and how he actually approached this combine, there was a drizzle of conversation about the receiving position, but I think he pretty much shut that down. And matter of fact, he didn't even run the 40. He just allowed everything to be just about being a quarterback. Give me your take on his approach and was that the smart thing to do? I thought it was in so many ways, and I thought him not running the 40, him not vertical jumping, him not broad jumping, right, Cordell? He didn't do any of these so-called athletic things. Right. Right? He played quarterback, and that's what he was saying. It was a silent message to the league. I hear what you guys are saying. I'm a quarterback. That's what this day is going to be about. Now, he's going to have his pro day, and I will bet that he will do everything at his pro day because that's the capper to everything. Okay? And, but here's the difference. Combine, every eye out there is on the combine. Pro day, there will be cameras there, but it doesn't carry the same news cycle. So he's made his message known to everyone. He's a quarterback. Now what he's going to do is add in the rest of it, and now you see everything that goes with him being a quarterback. If anyone can speak authoritatively to Lamar Jackson, it's you because of the skill set, the athleticism, the mental capacity to play the position. You know, all those things that went with it, you had to adjust to some of that in the NFL when they were using you and you became slash. Lamar Jackson is telling them right out of the gate, you're not going to Eldridge Dickey me. And for those who don't know the name Eldridge Dickey, Google it. You'll find him in the late 60s, quarterback out of Tennessee State, whose nickname was the Lord's Prayer. Should have been a quarterback from day one. The Raiders immediately switched him to receiver. He didn't have the pro career he should have had and really died with a broken heart. This is Lamar Jackson's opportunity to be a quarterback, and he wasn't going to mess up any part of that. And he's telling the league, I believe in myself, and if you're smart – You'll believe in me, too. Whoever drafts him, Cordell, mm-hmm. has to have a smart, sta- savvy offensive staff because you're going to meet him halfway with what the stuff he did in college and introduce a lot of the pro stuff to him. But you're crazy if you don't take advantage of his gifts. And a head coach has got to buy in. An organization has got to buy in. And more and more NFL teams are buying in now as opposed to years before when they said, we're not doing that stuff. you got to do it the NFL way, kid, and that's the way it is. I don't think we have as many of those people still left in the league running these teams. Mm-hmm. Charles, because you're calling the shots at NFL Network, you can't say it, but we know it's true. Cordell wants to do more TV. Why is Cordell not appearing on NFL Network talking about Lamar Jackson? Yeah, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. He would be the absolute perfect person to speak to this for so many different reasons. The main reason being this is a guy that had that athleticism that people wanted to use at other positions to get him on the field. He did some of that with Pittsburgh, later was a Pro Bowl quarterback and led his team to big-time big time wins and produced at a very, very high level. Why not have someone like Cordell Stewart, who's sitting right here talking to us, talking about this, talking about the trials and tribulations you go through, 
how you have to present yourself so that everybody understands that you are a quarterback first. And, yeah, I'm going to help my team here, but don't forget what I'm really about and then being able to go out and prove it as well. I think that is a, an absolute perfect parallel. And I sure wish my, my, my people that I know at NFL Network would grasp onto that and start talking to you about it. I wish they would, too, because i got to be honest with you. You know, there's a lot of stories about the, the approach I took because the, the approach I took, Charles, was in, in Brian, it was one that derived around injuries on our team. So I don't know if you remember, Charles, he went back to Charles, actually, a Rod Woodson hurting his yep. knee against Barry Sanders trying to tackle him on our Three River Turf in that stadium. And, you know, you, know Barry, turf. you remember that stuff, right? So we remember Barry Sanders was like the Nintendo of, of, of players because he could stop yeah. on a dime and go a totally different direction. Blew his knee out, lost him all the way till the Super Bowl. We had Neil O'Donnell who hurt his pinky finger. Mike Tomczak had to go in. Receivers started falling out the sky. Charles Johnson. Then all of a sudden it got to the point where I was like, hey, coach, you know, I would love to help out if you need me to. It wasn't anything that came to me from them. It was me going to them and asking them, if you need my services to help, I would. And my first place from the line of scrimmage was a five-wide receiver set, and Neil O'Donnell was the receiver next to Yancey deep into my left. And it was the, a time in which the mobile quarterback didn't have a spy. So if you had to right. cover two defense, you had those linebackers along with the dime or whatever or the nickel, he would be covering the slot receiver to the right, the middle linebacker would cover the back, and the guy on the outside of him would cover the other slot receiver. The middle of the field was wide open on 30 and 15. What do I do? Quarterback draw up the middle, 18-yard gain, touchdown, next game the next week and gets the Cleveland Browns, throw a touchdown to Ernie Mills. But my first two plays from the line of scrimmage was playing a quarterback position. And then, of course, Chan Gailey being creative, Coach Cowher being open-minded, and Ronnie Hart allowing it to happen. We just started having fun with it. So it truly happened organically. So now this narrative around a Lamar Jackson that he should, because of his talents, play another position, they're trying to connect it to my story, but it, it's not the same scenario. It's just one where it happened organically. People love it. I appreciate it. But the kid is a quarterback, uses talent as such, and I think someone can be lucky if they can get him and teach him the game like they would do a Sam Darnold, like they would do a Josh Allen and a Josh Rosen, and, and also the diminutive Baker Mayfield. I would agree with you totally on so many different things. What was your height and weight when you were playing as a rookie at Pittsburgh, Cordell? They had me at six one and three quarters. Weight? I was at two... I was 217, to be exact. Okay, so we're talking now. I didn't see the final deal on um, Lamar. 6'3", 210 is kind of where everyone puts it, but he looks like he weighs about 190. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I mean, yep. he's got that build that looks like he's a lot thinner, so people are concerned about different things. But if you look in his college career, he's been extremely durable. And the things that he's done, especially considering how many times he's had to carry the football and called runs, not just broken plays. So it's going to be interesting to me, as I've said before, will the people who draft him, and if they don't, they're idiots because they got to know what they're dealing with here, will they have a plan for him? And go back to Dak Prescott, his rookie year when he took over Tony Romo. They did a lot of stuff he did in college early. Get him used to it. Get him introduced. Get him comfortable kept introducing other things to him. He's had a marvelous two years in the league. I think that we saw where Andy Reid figured out what to do with Alex Smith as time went on. Went back to a lot of University of Utah stuff. The Eagles with Carson Wentz. It wasn't just the RPOs with Nick Foles. 
They were on that stuff with Carson Wentz as well as some of his North Dakota State playbook. I asked him point blank. I said, I saw you just do a play last week. That looked like what I saw on film you come out of college. And he verified that's actually a North Dakota State play that we ran and we put it in and so on. So that's what I'm talking about with the NFL nowadays. The old Cordell can tell us better than anyone. There used to be a lot of that Joe College stuff. I don't, we don't use Joe College things. Mm-hmm. His dealers were a little bit of an anomaly in being able to have fun and do things. But I bet, he talk, I bet you you talk to people around the league and they were like, no way we'd do that here. I mean, that's just kind of yeah. how that all went down. When you came in, you do it the NFL way or you don't play. you got to learn how to do it our way. And we don't do that college stuff. That college, ah. Well, this is the first time in, in my lifetime following NFL football that the college game is actually pushing things up to the NFL and it's being embraced on the offensive side of the ball. Charles, you're the best. Thanks for coming on the show again. I look forward to Cordell being featured on NFL Network soon. Hey, I look forward to it as well. Cordell, get that agent to work. Talk to you guys later. (laughs) You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.